This is KF4VT. Welcome back. Today we have another message from Brother David Keene, pastor of Clarkson Baptist Church. Today we're going to be talking about walking with God and praying to God. I want to tell you, it's important to do both walking with God and talking with God. At the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's to pray. It's to come to altar and pray for your family, for your faith, and for the future of our country and our world. I want to tell you, folks, it's kind of scary out there. Even when God says, fear not, it's still scary to us what can happen and what possibly might happen with our election and with the things that are going on in our lives, in our churches, in our families. We see how Satan is attacking and why it's so important that we walk with God and talk with God and have a relationship with God. How important it is not to just put God as the extra thing or when I have time for God and God's house and to talk to Him. God wants a relationship and a great relationship with His children. He wants to hear from you just like us parents. We want to hear from our children. Like us grandparents, we want to hear from the grandkids. We want them to crawl up in our lap and tell us something. And talk to us and just even maybe tell us how great we are. I want to tell you a little story. Kim had shared this and just, oh, it was one. We had got a bunch of grandkids, but one. We have some we don't get to see too much. Lived down the coast that we saw. And they come a couple of weeks ago, got to spend a little time. And the little girl, Layton, she crawls up in, in Kim's lap and she just tells him, she says, Nana, she says, I'm going to miss not seeing you. I just want to stare at your face. I just want to look at you. And you know what? I, she's slowly becoming Kim's favorite. But anyway. <laughs> But you know what? We need a relationship with God like that. But I need to tell you some things. Even though you already know them, I need to talk to you and tell you what I need. We need a relationship. And I need to listen to you for directions. I need to listen to you for my purpose of life and your plan. We need to be walking with God and knowing what God wants for us as individuals, as families, as the church, and even as a country. We need to walk with God. I want us to look at, and I didn't put this scripture up there, I don't think, but I want to read this one. And talking to, read a couple of verses here about walking with God. And it's in Genesis chapter 5, if you want to turn there. And it's just uh, four verses but it's talking about the family of Adam here and the genealogy of Adam. It's just going there and you think, well, what are we going to find out? Who begot this and who begot him and who begot this and how long to live? Who we gonna, what are we going to learn in there? But it talks about Enoch in verse 21. Enoch lived 
65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. You know, it doesn't say that about any of the others in that genealogy. But Enoch walked with God. I want to tell you there's a good thing about walking with God. And one day he was taken away. He didn't even die. God just took him away. Didn't say that. He just took him. He walked with God. I want to tell you, I, there's people going to remember some things about me and they'll remember things about you, but this is something they need to remember about you and me, that you walked with God. Oh yeah, we may remember how tall he was, how fat he was, how he had no hair or whatever, but he walked with God is what we ought to remember about each other. He not walked with God and then he was taken away. That's what we remember. Yeah, he had some sons and daughters. We don't know how he looked or anything about him much. We know what genealogy he was in, but we know something about him that he walked with God and it showed it was must have been real evident. Is it evident that you walk with God? Is it evident in your life that you walk with God, that you trust Him, that you're counting on Him, that you're training your children in the right way? Is it evident in your life? I want to read another scripture that's not on the list, I don't think. It's in Acts 4, 13, one of my favorites. If you look up at Acts 4, 13. And it is when Jesus is addressing the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, and the disciples. They're addressing the Sanhedrin. The disciples, not Jesus, but the disciples are addressing the Sanhedrin, the believers, the, the, the hierarchy of the religious people, politi politicians too. But in verse 13 it says this, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now think about there just a little bit. They had seen that they were, I think this kind of relates to me as a believer, as a follower of Christ. You can tell I'm not real educated. Pretty well edu not educated, untrained. We see if you talk to me much, you might find that out. But I hope people see me and they say he's been with Jesus. That's what ought to be about you also and your family. They've been with Jesus. They walk with God. And it's important. Their family and their relationship. It means, yes, they stumble. Yes, they fall. Yes, they make mistakes. But they are walking with God. And they have been with Jesus. They have a relationship. It shows. It ought to show in our life. And it shows when you keep coming to church. It shows when you're still doing the right things. It shows when you're serving and giving. It's showing 
It's important to walk with God. It's very important to walk with God. I want us to look at another thing. We are going to pray for our country today. We're going to pray for our future. But I want us to look at a verse of Scripture. I want you to look at some verses of Scripture. And I think it's going to be up here, 2 Chronicles. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're not going to be able to read that one probably, but you may have to look that up. Uh, it's pretty... But anyway, you may have to look this up. I want to read verse 11 through 15. And also, we, we use this verse a lot. But what this is, is when Solomon, the temple, was being dedicated to God... And it was a special place and Solomon built this for God. To worship God. To pray to God here. It was, he was dedicating this to God. This temple. And this church ought to be dedicated to God. It's God's house. Whether it looks different or not. It looks a little bit different than some sanctuary. It's God's house. It's dedicated to God. To prayer. To loving. To worshiping. To learning about God here. That's what it's for. In verse 11 it says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into the heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven, there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. And if you look at pestilence, we it's another word for pandemic. Among my people. But verse 14, we say this all the time, but it makes a lot of sense. But that's not the verse we're going to look at really heavy today. But it says, if my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Verse 14, if my people will humble themselves, my people, the Christian, will humble themselves and pray and pray and talk to me, and talk to me and listen to me and seek my face, seek my will, what I want, and turn from their wicked ways, all these things, then I will hear from heaven when they come in this place, this church, this temple. That's why it's important not only to pray at home or while you're running down the road, but to pray at God's house. And to be broken at God's house. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their, their sin and heal their land. But the verse I want to look at, our, our main verse is verse 15. What he says is, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. What it means there, God is looking and listening and see if you are humble. See if you are turning from your wicked ways. See if you are seeking His face. See if you're doing this in His place and in your life. He already knows. My ears 
will be listening to what you say and what you do. I will be watching what you do in this place. I will be watching today if you're broken. I will be listening if you pray here today. Let me tell you something about prayer that I know. Prayer changes things. We see that written. Prayer changes things. It does change things. When I pray, it changes things. It changes my attitude. It changes people. It changes events. It, cha it gives me strength. It changes attitudes. It changes people. I've had to deal with situations sometimes and I... Oh, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to ride over there. I had people pray and pray before I get there. I didn't want to confront an issue. Pray. I asked people, pray, pray, pray. And I would pray all the way. Lord, uh, soften their hearts before I get there. Lord, you, you're in charge. Lord, I'm counting on you. I know you want me to go over there. I know you want me to confront this issue. And you pray. And you get others to pray. And you get there. And God has already softened their hearts. And there is brokenness in you and them. And God does something. Prayer changes things. We better count on prayer changing things. When we pray for that little child of ours. Or that one that's in our family that's never accepted Jesus. We need to pray for them. We need to be the example for them. But we also need to pray for them. We don't want it to be down the road. When God has to get their attention. Pray for them. Prayer changes things. It prayer changes outlooks on us and the others too. We need to be men and women of prayer. Young people of prayer. We need to be praying for the ones that upset us. That hurt us. That breaks us. We need to be praying for them. And that's hard to do sometimes. It gives us comfort. It gives us strength. It gives us hope. It gives us a new start. I think about David when he prayed after he committed adultery. Psalm 51, we see that where he was praying to God. Cleanse my heart. Make me new. Return the joy of my salvation. I'm counting on you. It gives you a new start. We need to be humble. We need to be broken. I think about this when I think about Nehemiah when he comes to that city. The city that he loved so much and the walls were burnt, broke down. And he started saying, oh, he was broken. He was weeping. He started, he started everything. He was broken. And he started praying to God. And in his heart, he knew that God wanted him to rebuild that wall. That wall of protection. That wall of comfort. Maybe something in your life you're broken about that has been broken down. You need to pray. You need to give it to God. And you say, maybe today you're at a time and say, you know what, I haven't prayed. And I haven't trusted God in this. I haven't really trusted Him. I, I may pray a little bit, Lord, be with this situation, but I haven't been broken. We know that God, His eyes are open and His ears are attentive to what's really in our heart. Be broken today. God wants us to be praying. A praying church will make a difference in the community. A praying church will make a difference in the world. A praying church will make a difference in families. Folks, we've got to be a praying church. We don't have to be a big church. We don't have to be a growing church. 
Well, we have to be a praying church and praying for others and praying for ourselves. We have to be broken and praying to God and prayer changes things. Prayer gives us power to move mountains, to let God move mountains. Prayer gives us faith seeing God do something. Oh, when you have them prayers that are answered, you know God answered them, whether it's yes, no, or wait a while. When you feel the presence of God, you feel like we can move mountains just asking God, Lord, this is a mountain I can't move. There's a person in my life that I can't move. I can't. And maybe the mountain that needs to be moved is in your heart. Prayer gives us peace. In a storm. And we're in a storm in our world. Look around, folks. We're going to pray for our country. We're going to talk about our future in just a little bit. But we're in a storm. Uh, we're, we're trying to smooth it over. I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I don't even watch it. I turn it over and I say, I can't even watch it anymore. can't watch the debates anymore. gives us peace in the storm, prayer does. When we talk to God, we trust God. It gives us peace in the storm in our families. Some of us, you know, we want to hide it. In our marriages, we want to hide it. We don't want to talk about it. Sometimes we just get to be honest with God. Not care what people think. Time to give it to Him. It gives us perseverance. To make it through tomorrow and make it to tomorrow. Perseverance. It gives us purpose. Remember Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He will direct your path. He will give you purpose. Prayer gives us purpose. A lot of times we don't pray and we don't want to be... God, I don't want you to use it because I may have to change. You better believe you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change. Years ago, I, I asked the Lord, I said, I want you to use me. I didn't want Him to make me what I am, but He did. It's what I'm supposed to do. Yours may be something totally different. We pray and trust in the Lord. Lean not on our own understanding what mom and daddy have taught us. Common sense says, I need to do this. But what God is saying, you need to do a different route. We need to pray for our purpose. It gives us purpose. I want us to talk about something else now. The first point, I'm now getting to the first point, is our faith. Is to pray for our faith. Is it real? Is it real? Is your faith real? Do you really trust God with all you've got? Well, Brother David, I asked Jesus, is it real? I asked Jesus into my heart and I was baptized. I was splashed in the water. Is it real? I don't want to put doubt in your mind, but I want to know, is your faith real? Are you still trusting God? Is He the Lord of your life? 
that you're counting on Him and you can't get up, you can't do anything, you can't function, you can't do anything without Him. Is your faith real that you have to count on God? I want to tell you, we're in a world today that we have got everything we want. Years ago, decades ago, people grew up. I know Robert probably remembered these and Jerry probably remembered these where you had to count on maybe when you was little that we didn't count on water. We had to count on God for it to rain. If it needed to rain, if we needed rain on the crop, it needed to rain, we had to count on God. You couldn't just turn on a faucet somewhere. Is our faith real? Is it real? And I ask the questions if we look there. Are mountains moving? Is our faith big enough for mountains to move? Maybe you've got a mountain in your family. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe there's someone that's run away from God. Maybe they're not living like they ought to. Have you prayed to God to bring them back? And your faith in God, I'm just trusting you, God. I'm not telling you how to do it. I just bring them back to you. Or bring them to you for the first time. Is your faith that big? Is it real? That you trust God with your family in the future and all these things? Is the storms in your life getting calmer? Is your faith real? Let me tell you, things may not change, but when you start praying, you're going to have a calmness in you. When you start giving it to God and letting go of it, they're going to have a calmness in you. The storm in you and the storm in your heart and the things in your heart and the things in your mind you give to God. And the storm in you calms. Is your faith real? Are we really trusting Him with it all? If your faith is real, you're going to trust Him with it all. You're going to trust Him with your money. You're going to trust Him with your family. You're going to trust Him with this. And you're going to trust Him with that. You're going to trust Him with what to do with the future. You're going to trust Him in all. If your faith is real. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, my faith is not as strong as it used to be. I want to tell you something, folks. Here's a fact. God didn't leave. You may have slipped away from Him. Are we really trusting Him with it all? Are we getting direction from God? Are we listening to Him? Are we listening to everybody else? The news will tell you to be afraid. The world will tell you to be afraid. And God is saying, fear not. God is saying, trust me. Folks, we don't know what the future holds. We have to trust God. I want to talk about our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is first and foremost. We get this relationship with God and this relationship with everybody else will fall into place. Or it might not matter quite as much as you thought it did. This relationship with God, that God is my Lord, He is my Savior, He is my guide, He is my protector, He is my all, He is everything to me. I can't function without Him when we get to that place. 
when we become humble and trust in Him, that's when things are going to change. How close do we have a relationship with God? Are we really walking with Him and talking with Him? Are we really walking with Him and talking with Him? Be honest with God. God, I'm really mad at you, so and so. God, I'm really mad at this situation. God, I'm really hurt at this situation. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your touch. I need you. How close the relationship that we have with God. I want to look at the second point, our family. I want to look at this situation, our family. We need to be talking to God about our family. Some of you are thinking right here, Said, you know, Brother David, my family's doing good. Everything's good. They're they're fighting for the church. They're being here. They're good. They're doing the right thing. They're making right decisions. They're working hard. They're giving. They're even serving. And maybe your household. What about your family? The in-laws, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. Father-in-law, mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, all these. What about these? Oh, I'm glad their family's doing good. But I want to tell you something about Satan. He wants to destroy your family slowly but surely. He wants to throw the fiery darts in there. And just when you think it's good and you've got the portraits that you can show of your family and this is what everybody sees, everything is hunky-dory, everything is fine. Oh, look at that family. That's when Satan wants to attack. That's when greed takes over. That's when self-centeredness takes over. That's when popularity takes over. That's when what I want is what I want takes over. Satan is a liar, he's alive, and he's well. He's a deceiver, he comes to destroy. He wants to destroy a marriage. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your joy if possible. I want to note, give you a note here that if you think your family is safe, please get your head out of the sand because Satan's real. He's going to come slowly but surely and he'll work and work and work and he'll find the weakest spot. You have to pray. You have to walk with God and talk with God to make it through it. We find ourselves, I want to tell you, I woke up this, this uh, one day this week. My sleep schedule is not like I really like for it to go. I, I get so tired about 9.30. I, I try to drag on about 10 and watch the news and make sure somebody got arrested in Brooksville or Columbus or something. But I don't make it there all the time. If I go to bed early, I wake up. Sometimes God just wakes me up. And sometimes I, I think I'm getting plenty of sleep and just God wants to wake me up and talk to me. I don't know if He does that with you. But you know what, God? And I, I was thinking about this message about walking with God and talking with God. And God spoke to me through the Holy Spirit and let me know. <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about what i got to do the next day. I was going to 
I was going to cut some more woods. Kim, I was going to do some things on uh, for the bazaar. I was making some things. I said, man, I'm going to get busy and do it. And God showed and told me, he says, you know, oh, you're busy doing some things. And I need you to walk with me and talk with me. And it hit me right between the eyes. I need to walk with God and talk with God more. I need to talk with him more. I need to tell him how I'm hurting. And I need to ask him what I need to do. And I need my direction from him. And I need to speak to him. And I need to find out my purpose. And I need to find out and open up to Is there something else I need to do when I think I'm doing the right thing? God wants to walk with you and talk with you. He wants to talk with you and He wants you to listen and be obedient. God's got some good things to tell you. Even though bad things have happened in your life and you've had some bad choice, God still wants to walk with you and talk with you. He's got some things for you. His plans are good. His plans for you are real and they are good. They are really good. So we need to be praying for our family. We need to be praying for our family like never before. And you think uh, things, things are going good. you got a young family. Satan's coming at you. I want you to know. You need to pray for that full armor of God around you every day. Dads, you need to be praying for your family. Mamas, you need to be praying. Children, you need to be praying for your parents. You need to be praying your family. Whether they're going the wrong direction or we're going the right direction, pray for your family today. But I want us to look at the last point is our future. Our future. I want to look at some verses here, and I hope you can put that first verse up there, can you? Okay. Praying about our future. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all day. Trust Him. Trust Him in it all. Trust Him in everything. Look at the next verse. In Psalm 32, 8. Listen to what it says here. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I'm watching what you're doing. I will teach you. I will instruct you in the way to go. I will instruct you in the way and I will guide you in my eye because I see where you're going. I see the future. I know what's happening. He knows how the election is going to come out. He knows what's going to go wrong. He knows what's going to go right. God already knows your future. He knows about the family. He's going to guide you in his eye. I've already seen how it works out. I know what's going to happen. We've got to trust, walk with God, talk with God, because He knows the future. You and I do not. We haven't got a clue about the future. We don't know what God's plan. We don't know what God's going to allow. That's why we need to be praying for the future. That's why we need to be humble as His children to pray. His church, be praying, be humble and seeking His face. Turning from our wicked ways, asking God to forgive us when I've been prideful, when I've been greedy, when I've been selfish, when I've been angry. And we need help getting away from these things. 
You need to know your weaknesses. He will instruct you and teach you the way to go. He's going to guide you with his eye because he already knows the future. What's the next verse? In Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. It's going to work for good. Now I want to tell you, don't miss uh, look at that verse and say that everything is going to be perfect. We're going to go have to go through tribulations and trials, but God is working things out for good. I have seen some things in my life in the last few years that it wasn't fun, it wasn't easy, it was hard, it was difficult, it was hard. You have to. But God is working something out for all that love Him. The ones that love Him, the ones that worship Him, the ones that trust Him. He's working some good things out. And He's working the things out in the future. And you think, well, how can this election go? It may not go the way you want it. It may go to a way that we have to trust God more than ever. That we may have to trust Him in everything we do. And that's where we need to be right now before it gets too bad. God sometimes has to get His children's attention just like you have to sometimes get your children's attention. Just like my daddy had to get my attention. My Heavenly Father sometimes has to get my attention. But he's working things out for good. And I think about this. Is cancer good? No, it's not good. It's ugly. It hurts. It's painful. Is it good to watch somebody not know it's not good, but God's working something good out? Their pain's fixing to be over. Yours may just start where you have to trust God in every step you take. All these things, God's working out. I want to read another verse that's not in there. I want to read another verse that's in there. It's in Isaiah chapter 43. He's talking about the future here too. He's talking about the Redeemer of Israel. It says in verse 2 of chapter 43 of Isaiah, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the waters they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. I got God with me. I'm walking with God. I'm talking with God. I'm walking with God and I'm talking with God. I can walk through the waters and not overflow me. I can walk through the fire and it won't burn me. It won't put me out. I may have a little singer here right there or two. But I'm going to be there for you and I'm going to be there with you as you're walking with God, talking with God. But we look and listen and we think of it. We examine ourselves and look at ourselves. Oh, we're really walking with God. Where is God in my life? I look over there and it's God way over there. I've drifted away. Yes, I'm in His house. Yes, I gave my offering. Yes, I did this. Yes, I, But I walked away from Him and I find myself doing the same thing. Well, I'm preaching the Word. 
It is all true. But sometimes I've slipped away from walking with Him daily and talking with Him daily like I need to every hour trusting Him. And God wants me to walk with Him and talk with Him. I got some things to tell you. I got some things to do for you. But our future, our country, our president, this election, the future of your family, the future of the church, the future of this country. This country was based on God-believing people and even some that didn't trust God, but they knew the things of the Bible were true. And the Bible was a good guideline. This country was founded on that. And if you look around, this country has left that. Oh yeah, we mention God every once in a while up there in our politics. And some have, don't, it, it despises them to mention God or the church. They attack everything about the church and of God and of God's Word. They're against everything. They want to kill babies. Folks, think about that. And I know I'm just talking to a few. Well, what difference can we make? The difference in me you can make is not only vote. The difference in you can make is have your heart broken for this country and for families and pray and trust God and walk with Him and talk with Him and say, what can I do? And seek His face and turn from your wicked ways and be broken like Nehemiah was. And David was when he had sinned. Be broken and give it to God. What do we do? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, folks. It may get bad. I hope it doesn't. We've had it too good. Thought about this, and I was talking to my stepdaddy-in-law this week, uh, just a couple of days ago, and we was talking about how the world is, and we have a generation coming up. This is all the high school, the ones that starting off in college. They don't remember 911. They heard the story about what happened in 911. They know that America was attacked, physically attacked. You know, before then, we didn't know, some of us didn't know about the Pearl Harbor. We had heard about it. Some of you may remember that faintly. Uh, don't know. But we know about what, when this country gets attacked physically. But it's getting attacked from the inside. We know that Satan is attacking our country. The country that God allowed to happen, to have God believe when it started off. And we need to be praying. And we need to start right now. We need to be praying for our country and our future. We don't know, but we're going to have to trust God more no matter what. We're going to have to trust God with our family because you don't know what's going to happen there. God may be doing some things and allowing some things to happen in your family that will get your attention. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to tell me what's hurting you and I want to tell you where I need you to go and what I want you to do. Are you walking with God? Or are you talking with God today? We need to pray for God's healing, for God's will, for God's protection. 
And let me go back to the verse that we looked at before, and I just kind of what it says in in Second Chronicles seven fifteen. As we have a time of prayer and a time of invitation, what it says there, my eyes are open and my ears attentive. I see where your heart is. I hear what you're doing. I know if you're broken. I know if you're not. If you'll humble yourselves and pray to me and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. I will forgive you and heal your land. But we have to be humble the whole way. We have to walk with Him daily. We have to talk with Him daily. Where are you at today? Are you broken about the future of your family? You ought to be. Are you broken about the future of our country? You ought to be. Are you broken about your faith is not as real as it ought to be? Or as strong as it ought to be? You ought to be. We're going to have a time of invitation. I want you to pray for your country family, for yourself. Are you broken enough to pray? When God's people gather together and pray, God hears from heaven. So what does God call us to do? Pray. Let's all stand. You can find more of David King's messages on the Clarkson Baptist Church Facebook page or YouTube channel.